Once upon a time, there was a brave knight and his servant. Ah, thank you, my lord! Who needed to fight a mighty enemy. They sought the help of a practicing wizard. Drink this potion, my lord. Unfortunately, he needed more practice. I've lost them in the corridors of time. This is hell, and we are condemned souls. No, this is Chicago. Now, they're trapped in the future. It's a red dragon. It is no longer pretty. They're running out of time. This is Andre. Hello, big news. And if they can't get back... Oh! I... Day. Could you please stop that? I'm starting to feel like I'm in a disco. Their history. I need to go back into the talents of time. All is not lost, my lord. How long until your magic is ready to return me? They're crazy. They're whacked. They're... Phew, you know? I don't think that I've ever seen anyone eat a steak in two bites before. Get ready. For a night to remember. And an adventure you'll never forget. Where are y'all from? They are from the 12th century. 12th century, huh? Just visiting. Poor little people, they're trapped inside. What are we going to do, Messiah? Free them. We could not save them. It is tragic. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Today's episode is all about knights, which, surprising even us, we apparently know a decent amount about. This, despite the fact that we played the Just Visiting trailer in its entirety as today's opener, this episode was actually inspired by the upcoming release of 824's The Green Knight, which looks totally awesome. As per usual, we cover a lot of ground with this episode, from Wizards and Warriors, to the Knights Templar, to the Green Knight itself. This is Against All Oddities. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. I don't know. So, <laughs> Charlemagne, 8th century. <laughs> Knights to me is the knight from Wizards and Warriors. Everything after that is just sort of like filler. You are a warrior. What? Uh, what was his name? Val Kilmer in it. Mad uh, Mardigan. Mad Mardigan, yeah. Oh, yeah, from Willow. Yeah, yeah, he's, a, wouldn't... yeah he's good. That's a good example. Was he a knight, though? He was a thief. If He, he were, became a knight uh, at the end. Because it was... Because he went say, through his um, challenge. His, uh, his ordeals. His, his ordeals. Yeah, no, the... Uh, you remember he kind of falls in love because the rat people made him a love potion? And he falls in love with that woman who actually turns out to be the bad guy's daughter, who's a princess? Thus, when they kill 
the bad mom, the queen, she right. becomes the queen and she makes him a knight. So in What's a way, her name? Willow, Bablorda. Bablorda. We're talking about Willow. Yeah. Yeah. Willow. Willow's awesome. Yeah, because I'm kind of more interesting in our relationship to knights than maybe say the history of knights. I think there might be more. Yeah. I fe- so I feel like that's one thing that we might be better at. Uh, is just talking about things from really? our perspective, which is the only one we have, I guess. Knights, to me, like I had said, is the uh, is the knight to wizards and warriors. That's how I see them. If you say knights, that's the one that I picture in my head. But I also listen to a lot of, like at work, when I work a night shift, I try to read, and in the background, I put on uh, a YouTube comp called Fife, F-I-E-F. It's just the medieval background music. And then Chris just sent me a whole uh, list of albums of Dungeon Synth, which is like really yeah. slow noise. Well, you need it to be slow if you're reading a 700-page book about it. So you got yeah, yeah. You just totally uh, just don't pay attention to it. Nate is currently screen sharing just visiting, which I actually in my notes for tonight's episode, I actually wrote down Nate equals just visiting. <laughs> yes, so did I. So did I. Because you have an unhealthy perfect. relationship with this movie. Yeah, no, it's the perfect movie comedy. It's so good. The French version and the US remake. When Fantastic. Come out? I mean, because it was quite it was... a while before the English remake, because that was 2000. Yeah or something it was 2000 you know early 2000s was the american version and then it was like 10 years before was the french version or That's what I thought. it was like significantly older yeah i mean enough that it was popular in france and then came over i will say the french version is the exact same movie scene for scene but in france right and the uh in in way more like raunchy the humor was than the u the u.s was pg PG-13, and the, it was definitely an R-rated uh, French version. But the, the, I thought the U.S. version was better, and it's my favorite. And so I think the they same, really... It's the same actors in both, right? Yeah. It's just <laughs> in English. With Jean Renault, who, who is awesome, right? I don't like, think I realized whatever. that was a remake. I just thought it was the American version. I didn't know there was a, a French original. It's the same movie. It's kind of... the. It's really funny. I saw this one with you. I saw the 2001 with you, Nate, and then I saw the... It's like, ooh, I want to see this 90s one, and then I watched it, and I was so confused that it was the exact same movie. Yeah, you don't even need the subtitles if you've seen the American version. Not that you actually need subtitles anyway. Like, yeah. you ever played both side-by-side, side, Nate? Uh, it would be cool to split screens and play both movies at the same time. Quick concept of the movie. The word, but yeah. A French knight, right? is poisoned by a, a witch or the, his competitor at his wedding night, kills his bride by accident. He hallucinates, and it's horrible. Uh, and he's put in the, he's captured, and he feels horrible, and he's, he's stuck in the dungeon or whatever. A wizard comes and gets a potion for him to escape, but he kind of screws it up, and he ends up in uh, present-day either France or in Chicago, I guess, for the American yeah. version. Mm-hmm. And has his old stuff in it, like his bed and stuff. And then so it's kind of a situational comedy where he they don't understand what's going on as this modern, what is a car? And that's funny because they'll, they'll fight the car. And then when they're in a car, they're sick and throwing up. But the best, I won't go on on, on about this movie because it's in my top 10 favorite movies. But the <laughs> best, 
scene and he finds like a distant relative the police do a dna or fingerprint thing and find in this case christina applegate in the uh u.s version and just give him over to her like this guy's related to you she takes him to dinner and they're at a fancy restaurant and he has a servant with him that came in through time <laughs> and doesn't sit at the table with him he's like on the floor near the fireplace at the restaurant and he's like eating like his t-bone steak eating the meat off and he'll throw the bone on the floor and his, his squire's like oh yes yeah, oh thank you sir oh <laughs> and then you see this old lady's like as a cookie she's like <laughs> like talking at him. Oh yes, Cookie. <laughs> it's great. It's so fun. It's the best, most fun movie ever. I just think it's funny because I feel like in all the world, this is on no one's top ten favorite movies <laughs> except for you. So I think it's a special. <laughs> this has been on Nate's top, not top ten, but top three since the movie came out. I'm pretty sure. So good. And the best part, and here's what makes me why I should have a fan club for just visiting, <laughs> is I saw the French version before the U.S. version. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Deep. Yes, from Blockbuster. <laughs> At some point, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> Wait, did you remake... see the French version? And then when you saw they were making an American version, you were like, yes. Like... Pretty much. Except, no, I don't think I, I caught it in the theaters. I wasn't that in tune to it. But when it came out onto DVD or whatever, I was, like, really excited about it. Like, that's the movie you buy at Blockbuster for $20 instead of rent. <laughs> I don't know about if it's a $20 movie, but if it's in the movie bin for $6, it's definitely you're buying it for $6 and not renting it for, like, 2 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, the used copy, definitely worth owning. I wonder what um, the, uh, the French's relationship with Knights, because one of the... Th- the few knights stuff that I am familiar with is like Knights Templar lore. And all of that is like the, the French, you know, the French King being an asshole and killing everyone who was a Knights Templar. Why don't you give a quick, quick definition of Knights Templar? Well, they, they weren't based in France, but the, but the French King killed them. So, so like they were a 12th century through like 14th century organization associated with Jerusalem and the Vatican. And then they, they were kind of most closely associated with the crusades and they were kind of the first people to invent baking. So they were very rich, um, and very powerful, um, but they also had lots of secrets and they had secret initiations which made people not trust them so much. And when the crusades started going south for the uh, Christians, uh, crusaders, people started kind of falling out of favor with uh, the Knights Templar. And then that's when King Philip, like the fourth or something, yeah, decided to take advantage of that and then uh, had them all captured on Friday the 13th. You know, like, that's why Friday the 13th. Uh, so he got them all, and then he made them all. He tortured them all to make make them make confessions and then burn them at the stake because because they had the secrets. They had all these secrets, and it's the secrets that allowed them to, like, two things happen from them. The they're, You know, it allowed King Philip to make people not trust them because, like, what, what was happening in these initiations were all, like, devil worship stuff. Well, it wasn't, but that's what he said. 
and that allowed him to you know sign up with the pope at the time and like burn them all alive and then um the other thing that happened from the secrets is it kind of allowed them to live oh then they stole all their assets so that they became rich off of their stuff but it allowed them to live on in like cultural infamy because of the secrets and that's why you see it uh the the knights templar were the ones who were said to guard the the Holy Grail, because of I was the about to say the, uh, the that was Jones. the knight in Indiana Jones, right? Yes, it was also they talk about it in like National Treasure and uh, you know all that, all that, all those movies, um, all of them, and like the Da Vinci Code or something. You know, I hate the Da Vinci Code. Oh, of course, I, I, I listened to the audio book, and it was so bad. The audio book was just terrible. And the clues were like, they're trying to figure out the mystery or whatever. And they're like, Newton's orb. What could be Newton's orb? I, I don't know. <laughs> like apple. It's like, it's a <laughs> apple. It is an apple. Come on. Uh, this is not you know, a tricky. I, I actually have a secret uh, in that I uh, and Meredith have listened to every Dan Brown book on long road trips. Ugh. And it's not because I like them. I hate them but they keep me awake because I get so angry at them. <laughs> and because like, I can't, I can't listen to a book I really like because I start, you know, drifting off the road and not paying attention. Is that your and, ritual now? Your road trip yeah, ritual I mean, is I've, Dan Brown? Yeah, I mean, we ran out of Dan Brown books a long time. There's, you know, we go on long drives every year a couple of times and there aren't that many Dan Brown books. So this, this didn't last long. And it started out, I listened to Da Vinci Code when I moved to Florida to live with dad. So I, it's a 14 hour drive. So I got Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> That's the noise. That you can see noise. why radio station DJs use these things. They are kind of fun. <laughs> Chris, I had a question. What are the Knights Hospitaller, hosp Hospitaller, or the Tentonic Knights? Like, what are those oh, other they, night groups? Oh, those, I don't know much about them except that they were kind of competitive versions of the knights templar like because like you got to think during the crusades like it wasn't all of like christian kingdoms were like one force they were like were the sega they were like the yeah they were the trying knights to do the templar same thing but they, you know there was a lot of countries sending people their knights so they were just different they were like different gangs i'm part yeah, of the tim tonic knights <laughs> we're cheaper than those guys <laughs> it's just me yeah, but I, I do think that they're they're kind of fun. I mean, they're they're super popular as like a cultural thing. I, I think it's because they're they disappeared. They're kind of mysterious. They seem kind of cool. They had weird um, rules though. It's kind of like Dogma ninety five with film. Like they they were kind of um, intense people. So they had like clauses that they had to like uh, follow to maintain their Knights Templar ness. Like they had to, they could only eat three times a week. They had to take their meals in silence. They couldn't have any physical contact with any women, even their own family members. Uh, that's pretty hardcore. Is that just to build up their rage so they can yeah, go crusade extra hard? Yeah, that's what I mean. They seem like assholes. Um, well, knights in general, though, had, I mean, that's where chivalry comes from and stuff. And they had rules of engagement and not just the Templar, because knights would protect an area. Like if you had sure. your fief fiefdom or whatever, and the you had a knight, he's kind of like your guy that also protects your village. Like he might have 
a castle or castle-like area in a village, oh, and your totally. knight's going to kind of keep you safe, right? Yeah. And then you get bandits coming in, you get this badass guy coming out on his horse and will clump you down, right? But you also, they had rules with each other, and they would go to battle. It wasn't just, we're, we got on yeah, the they Templar thing. Yeah, they were mercenaries. They weren't like straight yeah. mercenaries. They, they had like an ethical guideline to it. Um, and if you lost, you wouldn't necessarily get killed. Like if you surrendered or whatever, you would be held hostage by that night. But being held hostage was you got the guest room and you would hang out every night. Yeah, no, I, I mean, when I say they're assholes, I kind of just talking from a perspective of like, I'm a, I'm a, Muslim hanging out in my home. <laughs> These assholes right, the show up in a boat. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm thinking like local night, and it's similar to like the samurai in Japan yeah, of totally. the same time period, right? Are you talking about and, like the samurai samurai or like a ronin? No, well, that's the code of samurai. Knights as well. So a ronin was a samurai without a uh, direction right? or a master. Well, yeah, right. Or... But you're talking about a knight in a town without a king just sort of protecting no, the people. No, but it's or... not true. No, 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 no. So the knight would have his area that he's protecting, right? And he would have his benef beneficiary or his fife, and he would protect it, right? And he would also get um, taxes and stuff. And he was kind of like they're the town kind of like a mayor, right? But not a politician, kind of a badass. But if a, a ronin per samurai was like a rogue one, and there would be rogue knights and mercenaries and stuff, but for the most part, they were like, you know, if there's trouble, you go get your knight for your area. The nature of chivalry actually does lead us right into the Green Knight, which is kind of the moral of the Green Knight story. And one of the reasons why I think the Green Knight is interesting is because there is a very cool looking movie coming out very soon. Called it's the called Green the Knight. Green Knight, isn't it? Yeah, but the Green Knight's, of course, based on the Arthurian legend, the Green Knight. Well, then, there are origins before that, but Chris, give us the whole lowdown. Wait, I took notes on. on on the legend, but Chris, give us the whole scoop. Well, the real quick, the quick thing on the Arthurian legend is that, like, New Year's Eve, this giant green knight comes into Arthur's court and it's like, challenge challenges them to like uh an axe off <laughs> like like i'll let whoever wants to like strike me with this axe they can so long as i get to do it the same way a year from now and then the green knight started making fun of arthur because he wouldn't do it like he didn't jump up and do it so um enter sir gawain he chops off this giant's head but the giant doesn't die he just kind of like picks up his head Grabs his axe and is like, see you in a year, buddy. <laughs> like, which uh, comes from what legend comes from that? Which the headless horseman. What, the headless uh, horseman. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyways, so yeah, a year goes by. And then, I mean, it's a long story, but he goes to go. Because the idea is the chivalry is the, is the like Sparks notes, Cliff notes about it. That's the concept is even though he, he like on his honor went to go find this thing, even though it was clear that he would die because he didn't, he doesn't possess the magic that the green knight has that allowed him to live without his head. Anyway, he like, he has to be honest. I'm going to not tell the whole story, but he has to be honest with them every day. And every day he is honest with them, except for the last day, he is only a little bit honest with them. And then he finds the green knight and the green knight, strikes him three times the first two don't do anything and a third time cuts him 
and he was testing his honor, the moral of the story is always be honest because that will save you. But I think there's a lot of other stuff that's interesting about the Green Knight. Well, I mean, there's some some stuff, you know, and outside of the, the movie previews and, and from what I gathered, there are lots there. There are several stories in, in the Arthurian legend. It, you know, there could be more game transforms. Uh, Bertilac was his name or something, and he transforms the guy into the, the Green Knight and oh. he becomes the tester of other knights. Like, oh. you, you know, to become a knight, you have to be tested by the Green Knight or something. And again, this is the cliff notes right um and aren't then the, if you look all at the... cliff notes though like because isn't the story of the green knight like incomplete because it's one of the oldest stories but, and it crosses well, a couple two, of cultures there's a, there's a couple like what chris was talking about comes from like the 17th century writings about king arthur it's like a poem yeah a poem and then there's there is mention in like uh 14th century literature um and then, but the the names that they're they're saying like Bertilac, uh is probably the Celtic word from which is Baklak or Baklak or something like that, which means wild man. Mm. Uh, and then another take on the Green Knight of where the story is kind of originating and getting uh, mushed in with the Arthurian legend are Islamic tales and folk tales, and this is in the Quran, uh, and. There's an 11th century tale of a green knight, and I'm not sure what his name is, but he's in the Quran and it, and he's uh, immortal because he drank water from the uh, fountain of youth or the water of life or something, mm -hmm. and it made him turn green. And they, um, uh, but it could also be because during the Crusades they saw some flashy green. Templar Knight or something like mm -hmm. slicing on people and they're like WTF is this guy about yeah so uh, I, well, but I, I think like that's what the, the adding to the fountain of youth and everything or water of life or whatever and in wild and nature and Celtic origin and it's well the Celtic origin is what what I'm kind of interested in as in yep. as in kind of the more witchy origin of it uh, which is the idea that the Green Knight actually represents the older knighthood, which is like the knighthood of the primordial forest, or you, you know what I mean? Like, like there's the knights are associated with Christianity and like the morals of the medieval time period, right? But always on the periphery of that is the morals and uh, knighthood of the forest. Uh, you know, and that it is the thing that actually haunts the night is that the original cathedral is the branches of trees um, and not the stones of the church. And I think that's kind of super creepy and interesting. Hey, wait a um, second. In the in the movie The Fountain, uh, Hugh Jackman is essentially a knight of the Spanish queen looking for the tree of life. Exactly. And he finds it, but future him becomes or whatever. And he ends up getting the tree. So he cuts the tree of life and drinks from its sap and immediately falls down and turns into leaves. And that's the end of the old story of him. Yeah. So yeah. would that be Green Knight related? I was related? thinking about Is that, that when I was talking. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will read. I want to read something. So well known. Oh. <laughs> no, I think Chris it, wants to read something. I want to read something from a book called The Woodwise Homilies and Exhortation of the Green Savage 
to the interiors of the desecrated field. It's a, it's kind of like a very, uh, not a lot of people know about it, witchcraft book, but I want to read a, a, a two paragraphs, which I thought was cool. Yada, yada, yada. In medieval legend, we recall the green knight, the beheaded one, who yet lives and speaks and who tested the heart of the knight Gawain in a harrowing initiatory trial. Severed from the ancient grove, he is the relict warden of its mysteries, the collective spirit embodied and memorialized of the trees forming the first temple, which were felled to make way for the temple of stone. In him, we recall the dark ritual of the foundational the foundation sacrifice and understand the true nature of the cathedral as the green chapel, the church ringed in the green toss in the wind, the wormwood speaks perfect on my leaves and form and symmetry beloved of the artisan of ornamentation and a geometric cipher of the power of three. My likeness in stone gives form and grace to the leaf mask head, but I also bring poison frenzy hemorrhage and death. That's pretty intense. Yeah, it's super intense, but it's also super, I think, interesting in relation to kind of like the green night is super intense. <laughs> like it's like the mystical night in a way, like the the nature night. And I don't know much about this movie, but I'd like to think that they read into that a little bit. Uh based on the trailer, it looks yeah, it's like spooky they, as hell, right? They read the paragraphs that you just did. If you read fantasy books, which has been brought up like eight different times, but I do, <laughs> and it involves the woods a lot. Like even recently, the Witcher series, I read that not terribly long ago, and they, there's these woods, you can't approach it or you'll just die. People will shoot you with arrows. You can't approach it. And every time, or in the Lord of the Rings, when they approach different woods or whatever, and even in some of the, the Mistborn series, these are just recent ones. In every in every series, I picture the same tree line. It's always the same, and okay. so I'm like, oh, maybe maybe there's something to that because when we were talking about with the woods too, I still pictured that same tree line in a field or whatever. So I'm like, well, maybe that's my. I don't know. I wasn't really going anywhere with this. We were talking about the Green Knight. And I was just <laughs> reminded of uh, the woods, and uh, Chris's oh. memory imprint. I was reflecting yeah, on that. it's like uh, you know that's the thing if i were a knight i would change my last name to i <laughs> so if you pronounce the word all right as i i'm a knight <laughs> <laughs> like we need a knight, knight. to save us knight <laughs> 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 Sir Derpeter? <laughs> no. no, nobody could challenge me without giggling a little bit, and that's when you get him. I challenge you, Sir Derpeter. <laughs> nah, I might. Nah, yep. What if you're. Yep. Sir it. Okay. All right, here's my like conclusion uh -huh. to the Green Knight. It goes back for everything else, too. Like, going back, you know, I think all of language and religion and everything were invented by fire. Mm -hmm. And you have either Neanderthals and then later the modern human. You sit around with nothing to do. You got a lot of scary stuff up there. Eventually, somehow language is created, right? 
you got nothing to do but talk to each other and figure out stuff other than hunting ooga booga you know go mm -hmm. kill a mammoth or here's what we do and you know we get smarter and talk about how to kill more mammoths or whatever but you also you know you have there you have to be able to you know discuss your fears and or awe we talk about awe sometimes or what you're, you're trying to express yourself and so religion slowly starts to form from this as you tell these stories and uh, try to vocalize uh, what you're imagining and you're feeling and so you feel this the either this fear or awe or wonder or you know appreciation or whatever for the forest and the first thing you're going to do is humanize that and as you humanize that it can take forms of either protector spirit or you know some demonic mm -hmm. thing or something else so i think the concept of the green man of this wild thing or a personification of a feeling goes back not generations but eons and mm -hmm. and the I was going to say American in the the human psyche, and I and to Tim's point too. You know, that's you you feel like uh, or you're remembering something while you're walking in the woods at night, or Chris is, or, or you're um, going into getting a fight with somebody at the Seven Eleven over Roller Dog or whatever. <laughs> like there, there's this there's this inside thing that's of thousands and thousands of generations, and I think that. You know, the mm. poem, poem of 17th century poem that kind of like just dis described it in Arthurian legend or what we're talking about now isn't the first time it's been going on for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. Without mm. fighting with people over roller dogs? Well, now, when you say roller dogs, it might literally be a roller dog that they're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not on a machine. <laughs> Do you know why um, Lancelot was always tired? Why? He worked night shift. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, that's uh, that's about it. I actually tried looking up night jokes, but they're all so good. Good. <laughs>